You're listening to the Beyond Digital Education podcast with me, Nathan Johnson, and my co-hosts, Carl Kaczynski and Rami Bassi. We hope you enjoy the show. Yeah, happy to talk about kind of the role of coaching um, in education, what that what that looks like, um, how we how we achieve kind of um, I don't know better better teachers or better better workers um, or more more rounded workers um, or yeah happy to talk about any of the other ones. Um, well, you're the coaching expert. Was there anything in particular you felt was uh, kind of uh, pressing? Well, not pressing, oh, I guess, but... Do you, know, do you know what? I mean, what I found really interesting in kind of doing the um, fellowship is this whole kind of... Um, this aspect of coaching, mentoring, coaching and mentoring. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But what what exactly that looks like in practice, um, working kind of across teams. So working, say, as a professional service staff, working with academics, it may look slightly different to an academic. A, a, let's say a senior academic working with a junior academic. Um, that's potentially more mentoring, um, but it seems like the traditional notions of coaching and mentoring don't don't really align with potentially how we we do our role are you talking about the power dynamics in those sort of relationships maybe maybe that maybe that comes into it maybe the the idea that how how do you coach someone that is more senior in kind of um, the work that they do. Um, and how do you, I mean, how do you mentor someone as well? And some of it needs buy-in. So people need to, everyone needs to buy into to the process. So you can, you can mentor, you can coach and mentor, but if, if someone doesn't deem you to be in the right position to be able to offer offer that support, then it breaks down as well. Um, so, I mean, power dynamics comes into everything that we do, um, and how how we work because because of the position that we're seeing to hold. Um, usually, a support, um, potentially an IT support role, rather than a kind of um, an expert in in teaching and learning. Um, and supporting them in in applying some of this. I heard this nice joke some time ago. Um, do you know how many psychiatrists do you need to change one bulb, bulb like light bulb? Twenty. No one, but bulb needs to be needs wants must want to change to be changed. And okay. Is, can we tell this? I get, let's start, can can we start again with the joke? <laughs> we can. We can definitely. <laughs> Um, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Sorry, but I think this is you know the, um, in the coaching. It's you know the coaching is all about adopting and and shedding the new light, creating a new perspective, helping people to get that new perspective, and it's about the personal development and professional development. 
you know, you can apply it in many different branches. And I, working with senior academic or working with senior professional, you don't need to be at the same level. If you've got the deep understanding of coaching, of the methodology, you don't need to be um, working with them at the same level because they, you, sh you know, they, they coming to you to see you for your expertise in coaching and that's your field in which you are an expert. So I don't necessarily see that power. power so I, I guess I guess my point, uh, sorry, Remy, uh, is, is the definition of, of a coach. Um, what I, I, I don't quite understand what the definition of a coach is in terms of kind of going back to the kind of the fellowship um what that what that is and how that is defined because that would be different to something that i would understand in terms of anyone any it's kind of like anyone can be a coach not everyone understands how how to coach properly how to use some of the models but it's about it's about asking asking questions it's mm -hmm. about kind of asking those kind of and listening and listening as well and how do you how can you define that in a, in a structured way when a lot of conversations will be coaching conversations mm. i mean the way i like to see and view coaching and coaches it's a is basically being critical friend. Well, of course, maintaining the professional boundaries. So it's not about creating the friendship, but it's about being like, you know, kind of the critical friend that you can, you are empowered to ask those questions and move the conversation forward and um, enable people to discover the potential. It sounds as though you might have two different very, uh, different experiences of coaching though. So uh, Carol, I guess you're coming from a psychology background, a counseling background. Nathan, perhaps you're coming from a, a background where it's um, you're a coach within an employment setting. And so the sorts of people that you deal with and the buy-in that you were talking about earlier, there may be varying degrees of that. So going back to your joke about the light bulb needs to want to change um, is do all of the people that you come across in your experiences I guess, Nathan, I'm talking to you specifically because in Carol's instance, it's like kind of voluntary um, self-referral almost. But do all of the people that come to you come to you because they want to access the coaching or is it something that's been kind of strongly recommended to them? I, I just wonder if you can talk a bit more about the people that come to you. Um, so most, most of the people that come to us are, are people that have volunteered. Um, I haven't I haven't met anyone yet that has been pushed pushed towards um, coaching, but it's very much you can't you can't you can't coach someone unless someone feels safe unless someone kind of trusts trusts kind of the system. Um, so I mean, you could have many conversations just in general with a disgruntled worker about okay what what could we do differently um, and you know what the answer will be because they they don't necessarily want to have that conversation about it so it will be 
either silence or kind of I don't I don't want to talk about it. Um, so I think the buy and I I would see the buying more being more there in a, a structured organizational setting than it would be in the work that we do because you have you have a contract you have a framework already set out which is okay this is this is the coach this is the coachy this is what the relationship is have a conversation about the relationship you can have a conversation about how exactly this is going to work but maybe it's just some of the assumptions that are brought to the table when we do the role that we do so I know, so maybe, and maybe it's assumptions on both sides. Um, what, what sort of assumptions? So the assumptions may be on the other side, which is, okay, this is, they've been brought in to do X job. This is their, this is what they know. So whether that's just um, copy and pasting in the crudest, in the crudest sense of the word. Um, but do you mean, uh, it sounds like you're talking about the fact that you're not just a coach, you you kind of serve a main purpose within your work setting, and then this is something you do as extra, as opposed to, say, for example, if someone someone was going to uh, a counsellor directly. So that, I, I don't know, is it that you serve two roles within the institution, and so you're not a coach as your primary role, and they're, they're like, oh, well, this is what this person does, and so that's their expertise within their coaching capacity. Okay, how does coaching and mentoring play a part in your practice? Um, <laughs> it's weird. Um, so I suppose I could probably think about mentoring more clearly because mentoring is almost, I don't know, I perceive mentoring to be, okay, I know about this particular field or area and I can help you with practical steps and advice that might help you. Whereas I feel coaching is almost like, and I don't know whether these definitions are right because I'm, I'm not a coach, uh, but, but I feel like coaching is more about extracting from the other person kind of what it is they're trying to achieve and almost getting them to come up with their own path to, to that sort of end goal. Yeah, so I'd say, I, I guess I'd see the mentoring as, like you say, with a specialist, we can we can support you. We can guide you in how to do this this properly, um, and maybe the coaching would come in when we're talking about the subject matter expert and the content delivery. So it would be talking about okay, what what do you want to achieve? What is it that you want to do? Kind of and even and even some of the questions that come out in the analysis. So kind of needs analysis. So who are your students? And then leaving that open um, and then asking that person or not asking, but letting that person go away with that question in their mind and then going away and identifying some of these things. So just just creating that space where you can just ask these questions um, and, and allow them to explore both both themselves and go away and explore more afterwards. Um, that's that's how I would see it. I I guess outside of a of a structured organizational setting for for formal coaching, I don't I don't see how you can um I don't know what I'm trying to say. I don't see how you can show show the act of 
coaching because it's just wrapped up in essentially wrapped up in all of the stuff that we do anyway within our practice need some pondering music here (laughs) <laughs> I was thinking of the countdown the countdown <laughs> clock I don't know why <laughs> you don't want dead air do you <laughs> okay let me let me let me reframe it so you've both done your senior fellowship of the HEA higher education authority academy academy, academy. Um, I knew that. I knew I was testing you guys. They're advanced HE now, though. So, senior fellowship of the of the A. So they've kept the acronym. Uh, oh, okay. But, but yeah, the organisation's advanced HE now. Um, but it's got part. It's got stuff on there about coaching or mentoring, hasn't it? In terms of um, your practice, so you're both doing it. It's how, one, how do you do that? And two, how do you continue to develop that? Okay, I think there are two aspects. Like, um, I'm trained coach and I'm trained mentor. So, you know, I can have my, let's say, I don't know, I can be coach for someone and it can be very, very, very similar settings as you, Nathan, that someone is coming to me and, you know, or is being referred for coaching or mentoring. And I'm doing this mentoring as the part of uh, getting people to the stage of senior fellow or senior fellowship. And that, that relationship is completely different to the academics that I work with on development of the modules and programs of study, because if, you know, when I am in the position of coach uh, or mentor, I my relationship with those individuals is based on the focus of the conversation and the focus of the relationship is them. I try to emphasize and with their experience, get to understand where they are now and where they need to be or where they want to be. And I'm just basically trying to figure out with them what is the best way of getting them to this particular point. If on the other hand, I'm working on the module development or program development, and sometimes I might work with a person who is that, you know, doesn't know that pedagogical knowledge, but needs to complete the module, then the center of my attention is on the program not on that individual, of course, I build the rapport with the individual, I place a major emphasis on having great relationship with the person that I work with, but my goal, it's not on moving that person forward and enabling them to understand and you know dive deep into the pedagogical theories and things like that. This is kind of my job. And the, the, the main focus is on the program, on the creating the good resource that students can then use. So that's that's kind of the distinction between the coaching and mentoring um, that when someone is coming to me uh, as a, you know, as, as to the coach or when someone is coming to me as, as to the instructional designer. So in the, in the meantime, I thought it'd be useful to look up a couple of different definitions 
Um, so I've got one from uh, Kent State University in the US um, who have one take on it, which is coaching is more performance driven, designed to improve the professionals on the job performance and mentoring is more development driven, uh, looking not just at the professional's current job function, but beyond taking a more holistic approach to career development. Uh, so that was Kate St um, Kent State University in the US. And then the CIPD, who obviously deliver uh, a number of these um, different courses, uh, suggest, I'll just read the first sentence because it's quite long, uh, but coaching aims to produce optimal performance and improvement at work. And then mentoring, the first sentence is, uh, mentoring in the workplace tends to describe a relationship in which a more experienced colleague shares their greater knowledge to support the development of an inexperienced member of staff. Um, yeah, I don't think that second one with mentoring was too far away from how I described it. But um, I guess what I found interesting was Kate, Kent State Universities, where they were saying that one's more performance driven, that the coaching and one's more development driven <clears throat> in terms of the mentoring. Do, do, I mean, those definitions seem overly simplistic, but do they in any way describe how you've understood the subjects? Yes. Yes, they do. Um, I guess I, I guess it's coming from, uh, I guess a little knowledge is a dangerous, is a dangerous thing, isn't it? So having, having knowledge, then kind of seeing it kind of applied somewhere else and not understanding, really understanding that, how, how that is, 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 yeah, how that is understood understood from their perspective, um, because it it's not it's not complex, um, but I'd argue I I mean and I'd argue that kind of coaching both formal and informal um, coaching kind of can be done in the workplace. Um, so whether that's a conversation with us, um, just exploring okay what what what's working well what's not working well um, let, let's just have a chat that that can work as well um and maybe and maybe my my thought is the power dynamics and maybe it is kind of a certain insecurity certain assumptions that come into it around both coaching and mentoring someone in a more senior academic um position and supporting them through the journey and some what's what's really interesting about one of the projects at the moment it's kind of the, the thanks that you get at the end where it's I couldn't have done it without your expertise I couldn't have done it without you guiding us through kind of how to do this and that experience it, it was a great experience and something that I'll, I'll value when working on kind of the other programs and modules that I'll be working on. Um, and I think that that reflection on, on both sides, that reflection, that evaluation is so important in potentially understanding um, the impact of some of the things that we do as well. Because I mean, as mentoring and coaching, I mean, mentoring especially, um, kind of seeing that impact of okay you share those experiences you share that way okay how how do I get to where I need to go um, 
and you share your experiences of how you got to where you are you are now and then supporting that person and then saying okay did it work how far did that person um improve how far did that person get and i think that part that evaluation part and it all comes back to the addy model doesn't it every i feel i feel like the addy model was brought down by um by god just to tell us everything <laughs> it's like what is it like like maths everything applies to it <laughs> Car- carol's not listening though he needs to be listening to this part um no, I mean, like, uh, going back to that, I think the only reason why I raised that power dynamic thing was because uh, in, in Carol's uh, experience of, of coaching and mentoring, it's been his, his main job. And so it's not someone someone knows that he does this other thing somewhere else. And so I, I wonder, is, is that power dynamic something that you perceive but doesn't exist, something that you perceive but does exist, or something that they perceive on the other side but it doesn't exist but you can tell they perceive it like you know it, it's it's one of those combinations of things where actually regardless of and uh, yeah there's a flat structure in academic academia generally speaking anyway isn't there so uh, i don't know whether it's like academia versus professional services for some people or professional services versus academia for some people um but yeah, I guess if it's if it's just your perception, that's something you could work on. Um, and if it's if it's them, I don't know. Is that something you could work through during the process of the coaching and mentoring? Yeah, yeah, I think it, it's it's different experiences, isn't it? So a lot of the time, you work with people that are really welcoming, really welcoming of um, support, guidance. Um, but then there's those one or two that, and I'm not sure if it's making you remember where you are um, in a kind of a higher education institution, or if it's just if it's just maybe how it potentially used to be in 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 the olden days of, of a few years ago. So I, I, I get that there might be a perception that like perhaps, um, so for example, in a research intensive institution, those that bring in, you know, the biggest research grants have that kind of swagger about them that we, that we you know, uh, and they think they're the most important people on campus. Uh, and, and maybe if there was that kind of dynamic, you might experience it. Although the reality is that student tuition brings in the most money for the university. And I always wonder, well, why, why does research have this sort of elitism around it? And um, we're not focusing more on teaching. Um, I know I'm changing the subject slightly, but what I mean is what people perceive to be the truth isn't necessarily the truth. And if it's not a real truth, then maybe there are ways of working around it. No, I'd agree. I'd agree. And it, I think it's changing. It's making huge strides now. Um, and it is changing, and I think COVID's made that change. Um, but it it does it it does always shock me when it happens. So whether that is, um, I want to do a program that has a hundred hours of video, because I because I have read research that says video is good, um, and then trying to get them to understand well, well actually. Um, that, that's not entirely true. Um, and all of this has to have kind of 
um, a purpose. If it doesn't have a purpose, then then there's no real use of using it. And then once you get down that that path, then it's well, well, I understand it more because I I read more than than potentially you do, and therefore yeah. And then I I always struggle not not kind of being a learning designer. Um, it's it's one of those that I've always struggled with in terms of having an academic maybe have an academic argument um and and trying to bring in some of the the research um bring in some of the the um, great minds that have kind of already kind of dealt with this on a similar level um and the more i talk about it the more i feel like this is my problem so I, I'll, I'll be quiet. Um, no, but I mean, I mean it, you know, your their, their field, let's say it was, I don't know, let's pick an area. Uh, let's say it was in uh, dentistry or something like that. And someone said to you, I want uh, a course with 100 videos. I mean, their field of expertise is dentistry, right? It's not, it's not digital learning. It's not filmmaking. It's none of those things. I mean, you wouldn't go to them and go, right, I want to study a course in dentistry, but it has to have 100 books in it. Like it's the wrong way of thinking of it, isn't it? And and you've you've just got to be confident in, uh, and with persuasive arguments and stuff to back it up. But uh, you've got to be persuasive in your approach to your design. I, I feel like sometimes we need to put our foot down a bit more, and it's conversations that we've had before where we need to be firmer about no when things are not practical or reasonable or even like best in the best interests of the learning. Um, yeah, I mean, videos can be really attractive and great, but let's be honest, if you had to sit down and watch hours and hours of video and you're just not doing anything, how interesting is that going to be as a course? It'd be exactly the same as reading hours and hours of books or listening to hours and hours of audio. If you're just doing one thing all the way through and it's, it's not a good mix, you get bored. Yeah, I feel like I feel like that's something that is is missed, uh, kind of the, the challenge that kind of how much how much do you push how much do you challenge so often i've sat there and i've challenged and then it's uh, i think it's all it's all down to relationship you sometimes you have you know i i I was in the situation that i was uh, talking to very it was in different institution it was very senior academic uh she was uh, bringing a lot of research money to that institution really senior person and I remember I had this conversation with her when I asked her to, I was in slightly different job um, than instructional design, designer. I was in professional services and working on uh, kind of open access and advocating open access and things like that. And because she was bringing a lot of the money, research money to the institution, it was really important that the, her research was aligned to the open access policy. So. It could have been included. Then the university could, you know, would have forced such publication for ref and all of that. So it was the kind of politically really important. And it was my job to persuade her. And I remember we had this conversation in which she sat next to me and she said, "Carol, you know, I am overworked. I work only like part time, and frankly, I don't give." A and and I said, "Okay." I understand that, you know, I understand your position and I understand that you might see on, you you might perceive me as, you know, cleric who is just asking you to complete like administrative burden and all of that. 
but my position is that I want you to do something. Your position is that you, you, know, you are saying that you don't have time to do it and you didn't really care about that. So we need to kind of work together to find like common ground and tell me what, how we can move it forward. Like, what do you expect from me? How, what, what do you think is gonna work for both of us? And we start working and together and it, it was really great. And I think it's just, you know, being honest and it's, it doesn't matter whether you follow like mentoring rules or coaching rules. I think the first thing what you need to do in the job, whether you're learning designer, instructional designer or any, any kind of job is bring your personality, be, be kind, be, you know, compassion, treat all individuals as, as human beings, as, as the individuals. Sometimes you're talking to senior academic and they might behave in a slightly, you know, off manner. And I experienced it as well, but you know, they might have just worse days. So just smile and let it go. Um, I feel like we've moved from coaching and mentoring to sort of like the art of negotiation almost. Um, but um, I, I think there are some obviously parallels, but uh, I would hope that people who are accessing coaching and mentoring are to some extent brought in whereas our experiences as learning designers are perhaps that actually not everyone's brought in already um i think the difference being that if if someone uh is um wanting to be coached or mentored and um you're having difficulties you probably need to find strategies around that whereas if someone is trying to tell you how a course should be built like in the instance you're talking about not the not the one you're talking about carol but in the instances you're talking about nathan i feel like sometimes we should be empowered to say no sorry this is not one for us if you want to develop it like that feel free but you don't have our resource because we're a team of learning designers not a team of dogs bodies but uh, yeah i feel like these are perhaps separate issues yes no yeah definitely but coming back back to something that carol said it, it really is around and this is and this is in both aspects forming that relationship so and define define defining the relationship as well uh, and the parameters in which as you suggest Ruby, in which you will work and in which you will not work so if that's defined at the start then it's easier to manage moving down moving down the road um, so I'd, I'd look at, again, look at the very start of that process and where you sit down and you, you have that conversation. It is very much, this is how we work. Um, this is how I expect, well, not expect, this is how we expect, um, to communicate or, um, to get, to get information. If you can't do that then yeah maybe maybe our team's not not the best um team to work with and and i've seen and i see lots of other other um, providers being able to do this not being able and, and it's not to say they're able to do it but maybe they already have something in place which is kind of uh, their framework uh, that how they work um whereas maybe we don't so we're we're um, at, potentially at the whim of the people that we work with because either we don't have it or we haven't explained that to start with and once you've explained this is who this is who I am 
this is where I'm coming from. They explain the same. This is who I am. Um, similar to Carol's, Carol's conversation. Um, I'm, I'm overworked, underpaid, and I, and I, don't, I don't care. Um, once, you've, once you've had that conversation, you can actually understand, okay, great. This is what we can do. This is what we can't do. Let's move forward and continue having these conversations. Go on, mummy. Uh, sorry, I, I was just uh, imagining uh, you going to a coaching session where uh, a coaching and mentoring session where they perhaps relayed that information to you and then to empathize with them. You said, yeah, I'm overworked and underpaid and I don't care either. Right. Now, what do you what, what do you want coaching in? I don't think that would be coaching, would it? <laughs> but no, I've always been I, I, I've always been interested in and I'm, I'm interested in coaching um, but more more recently have been I don't know I'm interested in how how coaching is used within our practice within um, the work that we do as as a team that works with academics and other professional service staff as well, um, especially I mean especially writing writing my um, senior fellowship application um, and just trying to understand what that means to me, what what coaching what coaching and mentoring means to me in my practice. Um, was it, it rubs differently to my understanding of what coaching means to me as a professional outside of my work practice. I don't know. I may yeah. need to have that conversation with someone. But then is that is that coaching and mentoring that's discussed in the senior fellowship? It's not the kind of formal coaching and mentoring like where, where you have dedicated time to go along, it's how you build it into your practice. It's how you embed it as everyday stuff, isn't it? Um, and it, it just sort of seems to happen quite often ad hoc, right? Where you just notice a need and you fall into that position for someone rather than you've been appointed as that position. So what you were talking about before, where you were like, you go along and you set the ground rules about this is who I'll be and this is what I'll do um, as, as a coach and mentor, um, when we, when we are learning designers and we're coaching and mentoring staff, quite often we'll go in in one capacity and then we'll notice a gap in their skills or knowledge where we feel like actually we could develop them and bring them along and up their skills. But you've already kind of set the scene for that relationship, haven't you? And that's not necessarily part of it. Yeah, yeah, I understand. But it's something, it's something that I feel like needs to be needs to be embedded in it i don't know and i don't know how don't entirely know how in in terms of the current way that we work which is you're given a product you're going to project one month later um you need to give them give them something give them that product back um working without any time to really create that um, environment, create the environment where we understand each other. Um, and it does come down to the ad hoc. 
Um, and it and it does. I, mean, I feel like it comes down to the individual, the type of person that you are as well, because because you don't have space to be able to do it formally. You don't have um, those individual meetings. It's very much like you said. You see a gap, and then it's okay. I understand how how am I going to approach that um, with the knowledge and understanding that I have, um, not necessarily oh, I need to coach this person. <laughs> I need to coach this person at this point. <laughs> because you just probably won't have won't have the time or maybe they won't appreciate it at that point. So I think this is like simple retro to return of investment. You know, this kind of ratio is it's um the thing that you see like this development gap or the knowledge and skills gap, is it something that is really uh, fundamental or is it something that can have huge impact on the development of the program or module? Or is like kind of really, you know, very tiny sort of skill or knowledge gap or things like that, that you can just notice that and don't focus on and move on. So I think you, uh, uh, you know, the, the process of module development or program development is a really complex one and the same as the relationship that you build with the individuals that you work with. So I think that you need to constantly work and especially and, and be aware of yourself and your processes and constantly ask those questions like, is it worth addressing this? Or if yes, what is the best way of addressing it? If no, move on to something, you know, something else. Because if you're gonna, you know, uh, 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 the other, on the other hand, if you're just gonna talk to the, those people whilst you module develop, uh, uh, during the module development, and whilst you are start um, questioning everything, that might have completely, you know, that might have adverse effects on your relationship that you develop with them, because they are not coming to you to the you know, for the coaching; they are coming to you to get the product done. So I think it's the balance is everywhere. And I think checking that understanding and again, coming back to the relationship, I know that I sound really boring, but to me it's, you know, it's all individual, it's case by case. Okay, yeah, no, I agree. And you know, you don't sound boring. I mean, it, it, it is about the fundamentals. It is about just making sure that you, you lay lay the groundwork um, and that means that you don't have huge problems later on because everyone knows kind of exactly where where each person stands um yeah i don't know Romy, do you have anything that you want to I was, I was thinking of maybe wrapping wrapping up no it seems like a, a good time to wrap up. I think we've been talking for quite some time on that, haven't we? I was just, uh, yeah, no, just lots to reflect on there, really. Because um, it would be I, good to bring someone else in that has other, other perspectives of working, kind of doing coaching and things like that um, in the future. I think, um, as with anything, when you, when you think about a subject, so we were laughing and joking when Carol was off call, um, that uh, Ali seems to span everything. But when you start thinking about coaching and mentoring, it kind of applies to lots of elements of working life, doesn't it? And, you know, even personal life. Uh, so it's, it's just one of those, I think, more uh, 
time for reflection having discussed it rather than making some brilliant points at the end yeah and one thing one thing that in, in terms of coaching that I've always that I've learned and that I try and apply apply to my life is don't 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 use the word why um and try and try and reframe reframe the question so I'll leave you with that why and that's it and that's what my child does now and he's always like why why and every time and every and every time I'm talking to him I'm like why are you doing that why are you doing this and I have to check myself and just try and okay how how would you do that differently and I realize it's free and I'm like well that question he's not going to understand that question <laughs> so yeah, I'll leave I'll leave you all with that one um and we'll see you on the next the next podcast thank you very much thanks great fantastic thank you you've been listening to the beyond digital education podcast if you liked what you've heard please do listen to more of our podcasts and please do engage with us on the topics we've raised